How do I find a new job? How can I make a career change? And the biggest question of all, can I really find a career that I love? Hey, my name is Jen Smith, and I believe career success doesn't have to be at the expense of living a radiantly happy and healthy lifestyle. As a former HR leader and recruiter turned career coach, I get what companies are looking for when hiring top talent. What that means for you is an unmatched combination of insider knowledge and the best kept secrets about making heart-based career changes and navigating the ups and downs of job searching in today's world of work. Whether you're a recent graduate navigating the job market for the first time or a seasoned professional ready for a career change, this show is for you. So grab your coffee or your kombucha, pull up a seat and get ready to be challenged and inspired to move beyond your self-doubt and take the right next steps towards landing a career you love. Because you deserve a long, radiantly happy and healthy career. This is the Flourish Careers Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Flourish Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Smith, and today I'm here with an episode dedicated to interview prep, specifically about the mistakes I've seen many, many job seekers make through the years. So let me start with a quick question. Let me ask you this. Do you prefer to go to the dentist over a job interview? I did a poll in an interview prep webinar that I was hosting And 87% of the people responded and said that they'd rather go to the dentist than a job interview. If you know me, you know that I hate the dentist. I would much rather go to a job interview than the dentist, but I get it. Interviewing is not something most people look forward to, although it is necessary to landing your next best role. So for today's episode, I'm going to kick off with a quick personal story around interviewing, which is part of the reason that I love to help people with interview prep. Then we're going to get into three of the most common interview mistakes, along with ways to overcome them. And because virtual interviews are a thing and they will continue to be popular, I'm going to sneak in a handful of virtual interview prep tips. So let's get to it. Quick story. One of my first interviewing experiences post-college graduation was more like what not to do. And this has stuck with me throughout my career, so much so that I vowed if I was ever provided the opportunity to make this experience better for job seekers... I would. And of course, as luck would have it, I spent my pretty much my entire career interviewing people across all levels of the organization. So one of my first jobs out of college, I was interviewing for an operations team leader role where I would have to relocate from Buffalo to a city that was a few hours away. And at this point in my career, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. So I basically was just kind of like taking whatever came my way. So I I was called for an interview. And just like most interview processes, it started with a phone screen. So I'll never forget this. I was in my house. I was eagerly waiting for the phone to ring. And as soon as it rang, the gentleman on the other end, he didn't even say hello. He didn't even check to make sure it was me. He literally said, you know, the sun never shines here. 
And I thought, wow, this is a really interesting way to start a phone screen. So I just replied back and said, well, the sun barely ever shines in Buffalo either. So somehow that must have broken the ice, but the entire interview over the phone was just kind of intimidating. But I made it through and I was invited on site for an all-day interview. And I call this the survivor-like interview. So he showed up and there was 15 of us recent graduates from all over the country, all different schools, all over the country. The interviews started right at 8 a.m., And I remember there was somebody up in the front of the room and they were sharing a presentation and it was all about results and just kind of like yelling at us. (laughs) And I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? And then at that point, we broke off into one-on-one interviews. So kind of round robin style where basically each of us went with one of their managers and had a one-on-one interview. And then they always brought us back to the hospitality room. And then we would go with the next person throughout the day. So every time I went back to the hospitality room, I was noticing that there was less and less like coats and notebooks in the hospitality room. Then we got to lunch and there was about half of us there. They interviewed us over lunch with all these different leadership scenarios. And by the end of the day, there was two of us left. So literally, they were letting people go throughout the day. So people were like voted off the island. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I get this job offer after this entire day of interviewing, I have to take it. (laughs) So I got the job and then it was time to move away from home. And so the town that I was relocating to didn't have a ton of options for recent graduates. So there wasn't a lot of apartments. I ended up finding a realtor, Betty, bless her heart. She helped me find an apartment, but it wasn't going to be ready for my first day. And as a recent grad, I didn't have money to stay in a hotel. And so Betty offered me her spare bedroom. (laughs) And this was before Airbnb was ever a thing. As an introvert, this was super uncomfortable. So here I am starting a new job, staying overnight in my realtor's spare bedroom. The whole thing was just super uncomfortable and it was a very rough start to my professional career. So from this survivor-like interview process to the lack of corporate housing that led to living with my realtor throughout my first week, I vowed to make the hiring experience more welcoming for job seekers if I was ever provided the chance. And as luck would have it, that opportunity presented itself repeatedly throughout my career. So I've had the opportunity to interview thousands of folks from entry level to senior executives. And now as a career coach, I'm really on a mission to help people breeze through the interview process and land comfortably in their next best role. So let's talk about the three most common mistakes I've seen job seekers make and how to avoid them. Mistake number one is providing generic responses versus telling a story. Storytelling is powerful. I saw a stat that said storytelling is 22% more memorable than just stating facts. And when you think about it, storytelling connects people to each other and it really invites a conversation. And that's what interviews should be. They should be conversational. So what I recommend here is if you find yourself sharing generic responses, think about what you really want people to know about you. 
So a lot of times I work with folks and they're just like so worried about the types of questions they're going to ask. And they're just thinking about anticipating all the hundreds and hundreds of questions that could be asked. So instead, I recommend just kind of flipping that around, thinking about what you want people to know about you, and then crafting those stories to articulate your skills. So keep in mind that your stories are near and dear to your heart, although the interviewer wasn't there. So it's up to you to walk them through your story by setting the stage, highlighting what you did, and then wrap up with the accomplishment or the lesson learned. If you have a job description, you can definitely leverage that to anticipate the types of skills and qualities that they're going to be looking for and and prepare a few stories ahead of time. Now, I want to share my favorite framework for for shaping your stories. Some of you may have heard of star stories or car stories. There's lots of ways to frame your stories in an interview. My favorite is OAR. Maybe because I like the band, I don't know. It's just always stuck with me. So the OAR framework is you describing the objective of the story, sharing the action you did, and the result achieved. So objective action, results. Now I want to give you a quick example. So let's say you were interviewing for a customer service role and maybe the interviewer asks you what your greatest strength is. That's a very well-known question that people like to ask in interviews. So a generic response to that might be, my greatest strength is my communication skills. Okay, great. When you kick that up a notch and turn it into an OAR story, it might sound something like this. So objective, my greatest strength is my communication skills. Action. For example, when I worked for a tech company, we were on the verge of losing one of our long-term customers due to issues with inventory. I happened to be the customer service rep who answered the phone when they were particularly upset with us. So I spent 30 minutes on the phone listening to them, letting them get all of their concerns out. And then from there, one by one, I addressed their concerns and acted immediately on one specific concern that got us a quick win. So as a result, ultimately, my ability to listen and effectively communicate a quick win saved us from losing this long-term customer. So I'm hoping there you can see the difference. Like you could walk through that situation. You probably maybe have experienced a situation like that, either being the customer service rep or being the person that was unhappy. And you can relate to that. And it's much different than just that generic answer. So this story highlights a strength. It's relatable and it's memorable. And you can do this for any different type of question they ask you. If they ask you those dreaded, tell me about a time when, behavioral-based interview questions, you can respond using that same objective action result framework. And it's easy to follow and the interviewers will be able to relate to you. So the key here is planning and practicing these key stories ahead of time. That way, they'll be top of mind and allow you to walk the interviewer through your accomplishments. You can even write them down, have them take them with you if you're at an on-site interview just as a security so you know that they're there. If you're interviewing virtually, you can have them right in front of you just so you can they, they can help you remember them and you can refer back to them throughout the process. So common mistake one number one is talking in generics versus storytelling. Common mistake number two 
is lacking energy or not showcasing enthusiasm for the job. So what happens here is that a lot of times job seekers think they have to be perfect, quote unquote, throughout an interview conversation, or they feel like the interview is a performance and they have to memorize their lines. And what happens then is that it causes people's nerves to spike. And then in turn, they come across really disinterested or even worse, very robotic. So again, an interview should be an engaging two-way conversation. It's not a solo performance with the spotlight on you. Hiring managers want to hire humans, not robots. So you can start to approach your interview conversation as a conversation and not as a performance. The goal for your interview is that the employer sees you as a future colleague. So you want to present yourself as somebody that's going to bring more to the table than they ever imagined. So you're going to make their lives easier. You're going to contribute to the team. You're going to be a highly valuable hire. And when you think about it during an interview process, typically a hiring manager wants to know two things. One, can you get the job done? So do you have the skills and abilities to do the job? And two, are you a values fit for the team? So can you be counted on? Are you going to roll your sleeves up and help us get the job done? And the best way for your employer to see you as a future colleague is to showcase excitement and prepare and practice before the interview. So some ways to do this are if you have the job description, analyze the job description and know what you can offer before they even start asking you questions. So I'll, I remember I was interviewing for an HR role at a tech company. I did not have tech experience, although I knew they wanted somebody who could lead HR projects across multiple teams. And I did have that cross-functional leadership experience. So I practiced and showcased those related stories and experiences in the interview, and I got the job. Recently, I worked with a client who was interviewing at a large uh, consumer packaged goods company. And we noticed that decision-making was mentioned in the job description multiple times. So we practiced his decision-making stories and he got the job. So another quick tip here to help you kind of ease your nerves and come across more human than robotic is connecting with your interviewers on LinkedIn ahead of time. So go ahead and send a quick connection with a note that says you're excited to meet with them. Then you can check to see if you have any in common, anything in common. So take a peek at their you know, profile and see if you have anything in common and start to build that person, personal connection. Not to mention, this is a great way to build your network. Practice, practice, practice. So practice and action builds confidence. This is what's going to help you be able to tell your stories in a very memorable way and come across enthusiastic and excited about the job. So you can sit in front of a mirror and dress the part and play the part. Another fabulous way is to take it old school and make flashcards. You could write out your interview questions. You could take it a step further and record yourself on your cell phone Play it back, audit your responses, and determine if you would hire you, if you sound like a robot, or if you sound like an excited team player that's going to bring more to the team than they ever imagined. Okay, so now I realize that virtual interviews can add a layer of anxiousness and can cause you to feel even less excited about the process. 
So with that, I wanted to share a couple of ideas to help you. The first one is just to make sure you prep your setup and your background. You know, if you have a neutral wall, that's usually the best. You want to practice to make sure and see how you look on camera. Be really cautious of lighting. So depending on your location or the time of day, the sun can create distractions and shadows. So maybe practicing with a friend to ensure your lighting at the time of your interview is going to help you and not hinder you. If you're on your phone, you want to make sure you have a stand. You don't want to hold your phone and have your phone wobbling all over the place. Try to quiet and minimize disruptions. If there is a chance that you're going to get interrupted by something outside of your control, you can definitely mention it at the start of the conversation just to let them know. And that's also going to showcase that you're proactive as well. You can help settle your nerves by talking about the situation. So if there's construction going on, let them know. Or if you have a new puppy in the next room and it might start barking, you can let them know. That's just going to help calm your nerves as well. Pro tip here is that if you're nervous about the technology or if the technology you know, isn't super stable, what you could do is ask your interviewer for their phone number in case the tech doesn't work. And that's going to showcase your proactive mindset as well. So one of the best things I think about virtual interviews is that they can add a layer of self-assurance for you because you can have all your notes right in front of you. If it's a Zoom or a WebEx and you're on camera, Use post-it notes and put them around your computer screen so you have some ideas. You can glance at them really easily while you're in the interview process and you don't have to worry about memorizing things or feeling like you're in a performance. Just the simple act of knowing your responses are right there in front of you will help calm your mind. Of course, Practice, practice, practice. So make sure that you familiarize yourself with the program, Zoom, WebEx, Teams, whatever it is. Know the basics. Know how to mute and unmute your microphone. Just make sure that you're practicing to cut down on all those technical difficulties. So those are some tips for virtual interviews. So far, we've talked about the number one mistake is sharing generic responses. Turn those into stories with the OAR framework. Mistake number two is lacking energy or not showcasing enthusiasm for the job. Mitigate this by preparing, practicing, and of course, being yourself. Common mistake number three might be surprising for you, but it's asking good questions. So the mistake is that people don't ask any questions or they don't ask good questions. So the idea that I want you to think about here is that you should be interviewing the company as much as they're interviewing you. Prepare a list of questions that you want to know about the organization and bring them with you. It's completely okay to bring your notes to an interview, whether you're virtual or in person. If you're meeting with multiple people, ask targeted questions based on their job titles. So if you're meeting with somebody from HR, maybe you could ask about retention strategy. If you're meeting with your future boss, ask about their leadership philosophy. When all else fails, you can't go wrong with asking the other person about their career path. Trust me, people love to talk about themselves, and this gives you an excellent content for writing a very personalized thank you note. So think about the questions you genuinely want to know about the organization and dig deep. 
As an interviewer, I will tell you, if I save time at the end of an interview for you to ask questions and you respond by telling me you don't have any questions, it's super disappointing and it sends the message that you're not interested in the job or the company. So prepping good questions ahead of time will emphasize your interest and it will differentiate you from other candidates. So in closing, showcasing your passion and interest through detailed stories, well-thought-out questions will set you apart. My favorite interviews are conversations. They're two-way discussions where the candidate shows as much enthusiasm for the role as I do about hiring for the role. Keep in mind, the interviewer will know that you're nervous and that's okay. Take a deep breath, smile. You should feel really confident to present yourself as someone who will bring more to the table than they ever imagined. Be yourself and remember, they want to hire humans, not robots. You've totally got this. So that's all for today. I will be back again next week. And in the meantime, if you're enjoying the show, I'd be so grateful if you take a moment to share it with someone who might find it helpful. As always, you can find the detailed show notes on the Flourish Careers blog. I'll talk to you next week.